Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Fertility Podcast. I'm Natalie, your host. I had fertility treatment in 2014. I have a little boy who's almost two. And once I was successfully pregnant, I decided to make this podcast and I've reached out to people who are having their own struggles to have a family, also fertility experts and other people working in the fertility field to give you, if you found that your route to parenthood hasn't been straightforward, a place that you can come and hear trustworthy and credible information so i hope if this is your first visit to the podcast you're okay and you're just in this place where you just want to find out as much as you can arm yourself with the information if you've been listening for a while it's lovely to have you back this episode is slightly indulgent in that i put something out on twitter about your friends announcing they're pregnant once you've got a child that you've had through fertility treatment how that made you feel and we're going to hear first from a lady called Stacey who reacted to me that she was feeling similar things to me because I was finding it kind of tricky that I was dealing with these emotions from people that I'd been pregnant with at the same time announcing number two. Stacey brilliantly shares how she's dealing with it so similar to what I've been feeling and if you're in a similar position you might relate to this and you might find it helpful I hope so anyway so do have a listen I'm now going to welcome a lady called Stacey to the fertility podcast Stacey and I connected on Twitter which is where I get lots of the lovely people that talk to me on this podcast so welcome Stacey how are you hi yeah good thank you now I want to start with your journey because you had fertility treatment for your little girl Emmy so can you just talk me back to when you found out that that's what you needed to have and how you felt okay so we were trying for four years the first couple of years you kind of think what happened next month then sort of Second year in, we went to the doctors, all unexplained infertility. So we started on clomide. We did that for nine months. It didn't work. Sort of time ticks on. It's four years by this point. So we went to the fertility clinic, got referred for IVF, and eventually ended up having ICSI because a later kind of sperm test from my husband showed that his sperm had deteriorated in the four years since the original test. So these things do, they just take a long time. I was only 25. So by the time we started the treatment, I was 30. I was really lucky to fall pregnant with my first ICSI cycle with Imogen. I did suffer from quite severe OHSS, but um, that was because I had four and pregnant and just she was explain, born in... just explain what you mean by that for people that don't know okay so OHSS is my um, I responded really really well to the gonadal stimulating drug so I produced far more eggs than they would expect in a cycle and as a um as a result of that I then felt really poorly straight after my my embryo with Imogen was transferred back into me I had to be hospitalized and fortunately after three or four days I was able to go home but it, well, at the time I was quite poorly and it was because I'd actually the, the embryo had implanted and I was pregnant although I didn't know and that can make the OHSS worse Right. Um, so I was quite poorly for a couple of weeks. She was born in October 2013. Oh, it's great news. It's great news to hear that even though obviously there was that bumpy period of you not being uh, not being well. So were you monitored quite carefully through the pregnancy as a result of that? Well, no, I wasn't. That was quite kind of shocking. From going through those tests and sort of your hand being held so much through IVF and suddenly at 12 weeks or so I was signed off to NHS normal care and had a couple of scans and that was it. And, you know, the normal midwife um, appointments and it's kind of quite scary scary to then go into the world with the baby and you thinking oh my goodness I don't know I don't feel quite safe I don't know what's going to happen next but um yeah everything was fine so I was really lucky so we'll fast forward to 
us kind of meeting on Twitter because you'd responded to something I'd put on Twitter about when you've had fertility treatment and then you're thinking about number two and your friends, in particular maybe NCT friends, if you've got those baby friends, start announcing number two. And I'd spoken about feeling guilty and you'd been really sweet in kind of just reacting to that. So just tell me where you're at with your head and where you are with your heart, I guess. Okay, so my daughter's three, coming up to three years and four months. So the entire group of my friends, I didn't do NCT, but I picked up a lot of friends and post-birth through groups, these kind of sing and sign, baby massage. And there's a group of us who are very close. We have these WhatsApp messengers. We speak a lot. We meet a lot. They've all had their second babies now. So that's kind of, they're all turning one or turned one. Um, So when they first all started falling pregnant within kind of four months of each other, the first feeling is exactly, it's a mix of emotions first of all you think you're really happy for them then you feel really sad because you know that you don't know if your daughter I don't know if my daughter's going to get a sibling um and then you start to feel left out again like you do originally with the um when you can't get pregnant the first time around but it's kind of almost I find it almost worse because I'm now in this life of I'm a mum so I'm mixing with people that don't have the challenges that I have to reproduce so everything that that people expect me to you know why haven't you got another baby you're going to have another baby and that is the constant question from everyone is when's the next one's coming and including family and friends so I've gone through the period of people announcing the the second pregnancies and I found it I did find it challenging I found it hard um Imogen's now old enough to say to me why haven't I got a brother or sister mummy when am I going to have a brother or sister and I'm trying to explain to her um why she might never have a brother or sister or why it takes a lot longer for mummy to make babies and that's really difficult for a three-year-old to understand and I'm trying to make her understand that she's not different for not having a brother or sister and she's surrounded there isn't one person now in our group of friends and extended friends who hasn't got two children and we're starting to get the third pregnancy announcements coming now or I can kind of see them coming um so it's kind of a complete mix of emotions and then there's this feeling of guilt because I've got this perfect little girl who I never thought I'd be able to have um yeah I'm, I feel like I, I, I want another baby but the yearning feels like I shouldn't I should just be happy with what I've got and it's it's a really really difficult mix of emotions to kind of to kind of understand myself and convey to other people I mean, you sum up so many points that I can relate to. Where are you in your in your heart as far as are you thinking that you'll have to have treatment again? Or is there a part of you that is hoping because you hear all these stories of people that have fertility treatment and then it happens naturally? Because that's something that I, if I'm completely honest, do know goes on, even though I don't think it will happen. And also there's a part of me who thinks because I've got frozen embryos from the first uh, treatment that we had I'm 39 now and my eggs are 36 and there's a part of me that thinks well maybe it's better if I went for the frozen and paid for it rather than hoping that something natural would happen where are you with what you that's really funny you say that because I had that conversation with my husband the other day I've got eight, eight embryos frozen and they're 30 year old embryos whereas I'm 35 next month and I'm thinking is it better to use those embryos you know I'm getting old I'm getting old as you say um, I do still I mean obviously if I could not have treatment it would be amazing and I'm starting to from the beginning of January I started on my clean diet that I did all the way through IVF so I'm um, cutting back on the carbs increasing the protein taking the folic acid in this kind of you know rare hope that this will actually happen naturally funnily enough just as you were calling I was just emailing my clinic to ask them the process to get referred privately we've made a decision between me and my husband that if I fall pregnant it needs to be this year or we're going to 
we're going to kind of put a line underneath extending our family and just be happy with what we've got because I feel like we've been living in limbo um, I'm not able to go back to work yet because I keep thinking I want another baby and I don't want to get back into work and then have to go off um, on maternity leave and a new job um, it's all these kind of mix of things and we feel like we are putting our lives on hold a little bit we don't want to spend too much money because we've got reserve of money we want to save for IVF so I'm literally doing going to do six months of trying really trying as in you know kind of taking the eating really well not drinking all those kind of things and then I think we're going to try and use our um, embryos in the summer but again it's kind of We've got eight, so I'm thinking, um, I'm just asking the clinic the process, but they'll probably take two or three out at a time. So that's three goes, and I want to have all three goes. So then it's the money side of things. It's the dealing with the emotions if it doesn't work, and I've got Imogen to consider as well. And then I keep feeling guilty that the money that I'm going to spend on these cycles, should that be money for her future? Again, it's it's just horrific the second time around. I'm still having these thoughts and having to go through this. It's, you kind of think once you've got fallen pregnant and the treatment's worked, that that's kind of it. The, the, the infertility challenges are over, but they really aren't. So as far as the conversations that you've had with your husband, it sounds like you, you're kind of on the same page as far as what, you, what you'd want, um, that, you, that you do want another sibling. Um, would you look any further for support I mean one of the things that I try to I suppose get across with my podcast is that there is support out there and I personally you know haven't thought about it for where where we're at but you know in the conversations that you and I are having there's there's a whole load of similar emotions that I feel like you you know the guilt associated with you you've got one surely you should be content with that but like you say the the people around you and the questions that your daughter's asking you would you consider having those kind of conversations in like a counselling environment? I think it'd be really important if we didn't succeed to have those conversations because I worry about the strain on our marriage. Um, I really wish we'd had counselling the first time round because it, you know, it's, it's an awful thing to have to go through. And it was so many years that we went through it and you kind of, you spend the first few years thinking, is it is it me or is it him? Then you spend the next few years thinking is it ever going to happen um, and we've come a long way now but I think it would be really helpful to if talk through those emotions if we can't if we aren't successful and then to try and um, face the future as a family of three which again I'm you know I'd be quite happy to do but I need to give it one sort of last go I mean I grew up with a sister and my husband grew up with a sister or my nieces my niece and nephew they've got each other and I look at those kind of sibling relationships and again I look at all the relationships of my friends children and how they're how it changes the dynamics and I I really want that for Imogen but if it doesn't happen then I have to make my peace with that but I have to make my peace with that in my own way and move on in my own way as well. I do think it's a massive thing I mean I've got friends that have just got the one and I know a couple of them in particular have got a real open house policy and you know really encourage those friendships all the time with their with their children which I think is something that I try to always remember I'm the same in that I have siblings my husband has siblings and you know you know no matter what they're the people that you can you can turn to one thing with regards to what you're just talking about your kind of clean eating and what you're doing for yourself because my previous episode episode 66 was on testing sperm and I'd focused on home tests for sperm and also there's now tests that men can have to look at DNA damage 
damage in their sperm. What I'm finding is that when the diagnosis has been put on the man, often then the couple are fast-tracked into fertility treatment. You and I sound like we had a similar uh, experience in that we were told that there was the male factor and therefore ICSI was the solution rather than the men being given any advice about treatment because there is more and more information coming out about how men can get treatment and how looking at sperm in more detail from the idea of sperm DNA damage and looking at kind of nutrition and, and different things that could boost a man's fertility. Is that something that you think your husband would consider, that you as a couple would consider looking more at, you know, whilst you're on this journey? That's really interesting. And I think um, he's kind of almost thinking he doesn't need to do anything now because we've got these frozen embryos, which is kind of a little bit frustrating because actually... We, we, want to, we want to fall pregnant naturally if we can. Of course, anybody does. You know, I'm trying to say to him, we need to go back to the same way place we were when we were trying with IVF and we, you know, we did everything we could. It was all about the lifestyle. It was all about not drinking. It was all about eating really well, nutrition, taking the supplements that we could. So, yeah, I think it's, that's really interesting, really interesting. Because I do think that there is that, like you say, that, I guess, complacency when you know you've got that backup, but it's an expense. And, and ultimately, if it, if it can happen naturally, and one thing that I'm really trying to convey for the male point of view is that it's as much your responsibility, it's as much or it's a 50-50 thing that we're finding with the stats that are available of unexplained infertility. You know, one in six couples are diagnosed with infertility issues. 50% of all unexplained and infertility-related issues are the, are the male factor, yet less emphasis is put on what guys can do so it'd be really interesting to see if you know those conversations do develop and I'll, I'll send you the link to that podcast see if he'll have a listen see if he'll consider it consider that'd be it. brilliant thank you because I do think that um if we can share the emphasis on our well-being between us men don't seem to be that proactive in this because unfortunately I think society puts all the focus on it being the woman's thing to drive forward but it takes both of us doesn't it yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that's something I'm trying to get over to my husband is, you know, you need to be the healthiest you can be because it's it's both of us making a baby. It's not one of us. Yeah. Um, and we need to, you know, both be in sh- good shape. And if we still have to use our frozen embryos, then it's it's still, you know, a healthy lifestyle is going to benefit everybody. It's, it's you know, it's not going to have an end to it. And that's the kind of thing I'm trying to convey to him is this is this is a lifestyle change, not kind of let's just change for six months and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And just finally, Stacey, what... Have you found yourself saying to people when they say, well, what about you? When's the next one coming? Have you got a default answer or does it vary on who you're talking to? I haven't told everybody that Imogen's IVF. I've told quite a few people and they kind of, um, it's quite weird. People are quite, then go quiet and never ask you again. If you've told them one of your, one of, you know, she's IVF and they sort of look down their shoes and don't say anything ever again. Um, people that don't know, um, I, you know, it's just kind of, don't know maybe one day we'll see um the doctor asked me the other asked Imogen the other day when we were in the doctors when are you gonna have a sibling and that was quite awkward but she did tell the doctor that she had a furry brother which is the cat which I thought was Aww. quite funny <laughs> so um it's just that sort of thing worries me because I don't want the judgment of other people kind of asking that question as she gets older if she doesn't have brothers or sisters I think people stop asking um I think it's that age where people have that two that two-year age gap seems to be overly popular and and then three years and then I think once they start school possibly people will stop asking um but yeah when she was first born it was people were asking in the first year I had more people ask me than they do now which I was shocked at because I thought I've just had a baby yeah um (laughs) luckily it's not as much now I think people either give up or they just you know feel awkward or don't want to ask in case there are issues 
often I think it's like when you've just got married, they're like, and when you're going to have a baby, I think people just roll it out of their mouth. I've got from a previous guest on the podcast some books that you can read to your your child when you've had fertility treatment. So I'll send you a copy of that because it'd be an interesting, it's an interesting read for you to decide, you know, if you want to have that conversation with Imogen. Parents of IVF or fertility treatment babies are having those conversations and apparently you know it is starting to be discussed in school more so you know there is that kind of awareness starting and and why not it's just I think from a parent's point of view whether you want your child to to feel any different or whether by educating them they don't feel any different and it's just the normal it's just another way it's a a tricky one but um I'll send you this book for you to see if if it's something that you decide to use but even just for your reference it's quite interesting thank you I would like her to know we've decided that we would like her to know um and obviously when she asks me about brothers and sisters I always just tell her that my babies are special and they take a long time and they have to come from a different place to everyone else's that's my kind of what I say to her at the moment that's lovely though Oh, well, Stacey, look, good luck. Let's keep in touch. And I really appreciate you just, I suppose, sounding off with me because I, I, I was quite intri- intrigued when, um, you know, we'd, we'd had that little connection on Twitter because I'm sure there's a number of people who have found themselves in this similar position of the, the guilt mixed with contentment and the confusion of how you deal with it. So hopefully, you know, by us chatting about it, then if there's someone else feeling the same, we've made them feel a bit better. <laughs> Brilliant. Great right. to talk to you. And you. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Now, next up, we're going to speak to Nicola Salmon, whose business is called Hedgehog Healing, and she helps women try to boost everything about their internal and external well-being on a natural fertility journey. And Nicola's got a really interesting course that's starting that um, I want her to tell you more about. I'm now going to welcome a lady who has a very interesting course starting in February 2017. You might be listening to this podcast in the future. I'm going to welcome Nicola Salmon, who is an acupuncturist and does a lot of work helping women conceive naturally. Nicola, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, we know each other in a kind of different guise because we're both part of a a brilliant female entrepreneur group but we've actually met our paths across at different fertility events and I've been following the work that you do with your hedgehog healing which is a really lovely friendly uh, group that you've created to give women predominantly women I think that's right advice on getting pregnant naturally mm-hmm. is it mainly women that you work with yes definitely I find that a lot of women are the ones are the driving force behind when they have difficulties getting pregnant, they're the ones that want to seek out the help and kind of almost drag their partners along with them most of the time. So the kind of work that you do with people, because you're an acupuncturist by profession, but you also do other healing mm-hmm. work, is that right? Yes, so I train as a naturopath as well, but I like to incorporate a lot of the stuff that I learn in with my acupuncture. The clients that I see, they come in for their acupuncture normally, but then we also include things about nutrition, herbs, a lots of stuff emotionally as well. So there's a coaching aspect to it where you can look at what's going on in your day-to-day life. Stresses is a really common one. Because I'm a big believer in well-being being really relevant in your treatment if you're having fertility treatment and I know that you work with people as well who are having to have fertility treatment but let's just start with the the focus on the natural fertility side because you've got a course starting so tell me a bit about that. So the course is all around how to take this overwhelm that people so many people are experiencing 
Because when you go online, you find a thousand and one different supplements, treatments, diet, all this stuff that's geared toward helping you get pregnant. But it can be so much to take on and you don't know what's going to work for you. So the course is look at what your body's telling you, what your hormones are telling you and figure out what's actually going to help you the most to get to where you want to be. And how... If I'm starting out and been trying to get pregnant and like you say, I've found all this stuff online, how do I kind of complete all that information for you to get an idea of where I'm at? We kind of work together to look at the whole picture of where you are now. And then what I mainly do is teach women the tools that they need to do it themselves. So we look at food, what you're taking in, all your the external stresses in your lifestyle, how you can manage them and how you can use information on your menstrual cycle. So charting, cervical mucus and feed all that information in so that you can make decisions yourself about where you want to go next. What supplements are going to suit you best? What foods are going to help you? What foods maybe aren't so helpful? And just using all the information that you have yourself as a woman to then make the best decisions around your health and well-being okay so how, how often would we check in the course is a 12-week course and we go through material together in a facebook group so there's um in february we're starting a group course which means there's going to be all of them working it to the, together answering questions supporting each other and having that group is lovely because having support of other women in a community has been proven to be really beneficial at reducing stress at, you know making you feel better and just helping you on that journey towards getting pregnant so as far as the kind of people that you think this will be right for if if there's someone who has been told they need to have fertility treatment because i have talked to people in the past who having had those conversations have then decided to take a step back before they launch into treatment and really focus on their well-being from a mental and a physical point of view would that be an ideal candidate for you definitely i think where, no matter where you are in your journey, whether you're just starting out and you want to get you know, into your best possible state or whether you've gone down that journey of trying everything and nothing's worked and you're ready for your IVF, then it also helps you get into a better frame of mind. It helps you get your body in the best position, you know, getting your egg quality to its best it can be, making sure you've got plenty of food to encourage blood flow to the uterus. All these things will impact how successful your treatment is. So if you can get yourself mentally, emotionally in the best possible place, then you're giving yourself the best chance. And, and I'm assuming stuff that you can share with the other half if you're starting to cook these delicious meals as a little uh, sweetener. Yeah. Because sometimes it gets so consuming on the, on the what's not happening that you, you forget to have anything to enjoy when it's such a uh, you know if you're getting your period when you're hoping you're, you're pregnant and there's all these negatives that that you're not having so I think it's really nice to have things like even if it's as simple as making yourself a fancy meal or having your partner make you a fancy meal just to take your mind off things I think so many people find it so difficult to go on this journey what I really want to do is is make it more exciting more more of a journey of discovery and curiosity and actually help these women to start to enjoy their lives again and live more in the present and enjoy what they've got as well as moving forward to where they want to be because it's so common that you can get so dragged down by everything negative that's happening and everything that's not happening that you want it to that you forget you know you have a loving partner and you have a great home and all that are going so well for you in your life so it's it's nice to focus on that as well as focusing on the future of where you want to move forward and that is no mean feat because it is really difficult you've got all these things these processes you have to on the one hand be patient but you're you're eager to get the result you know to have your 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 family start so i think it's really uh, amazing if, if you can help women to do that 
Mm. Well, it's, you know, everybody everybody who's gone on this journey wants to be pregnant. You know, like last year, last week, you've got to wait for your results. You've got to wait for your next cycle. And, you you know, you only have 12 cycles if you're lucky. So it's only those opportunities. And as everyone goes, you feel, oh, now I've got to wait another two weeks and another month and then another this. So having positive steps that you can take right now can make you feel like you're more in control rather than waiting for your doctor to tell you what to do next, which is also really empowering. Now, what about if um, someone's listening and they've had fertility treatments, they, they've, they've got a child and it's the second child, whether they are thinking of having fertility treatment or hoping to get pregnant, because it's something that um, I'm looking at a bit with the podcast is kind of second time round. You hear so many stories of people saying, oh, such and such had fertility treatment and then they fell pregnant naturally. So there's that there's that part of you that's got that that real hope. So from your point of view with the course and and the kind of information and the people that you're working with, if that's where you are, would that kind of person be be right? Mm, I mean, I've had I've got quite a lot of clients at the moment who who've had their first child and then they're really struggling to get pregnant again. There's a lot of emotional aspect on that that can be holding them back. But also, your hormones can take a little while to get going again and recover from childcare or from fertility treatment. So, being able to know how to look after your body and kind of guide it back to a more regular cycle and getting ready again for pregnancy is important because. We are in such a society where everything's go, go, go. You know, you're constantly burning out doing things, especially if you've got a little one already. So taking that time back again to look after yourself and nourish yourself again can really help, you know, having been pregnant again. Now, I imagine anybody listening who has got a little one is thinking, yeah, likely, as if I'm going to have the time to, to give to this type of course. <laughs> How much time does it take? Well, you said it's 12 weeks. So if, if I'm trying to check in on a weekly basis, how, how much of my time do I need to give? I've tried to make the course as accessible as possible. So every week you'll get five tiny PDFs, which will take maybe 15, 20 minutes. Take away from that what you want to do. So we look at exercise, we look at nutrition, we look at stress because everybody is different. Everybody's situation is different. So I think by giving you the opportunity to look at all these different things and try them out and see what works for you, it gives you the opportunity to do as much or as little as you can and want to do okay well we're going to put all the details on the show notes for this because okay. i think it, it's it's really interesting that that you you're focusing on that overwhelm because especially at the beginning of a year as well there's the the overwhelm of all that you might want to achieve whether it's in your, in your work life as well as your personal life okay so we're going to put all the details to the hedgehog fertility course on the show notes for this episode and i will keep in touch with you nicola and i think we can also put details for your acupuncture work and um, i know you write really brilliant blog posts about different kind of things for people tips and advice so um, i'll put all of that how people can follow you and best of luck with it thank you natalie lovely to chat you too bye bye so I'm going to put all the details about Nicola's course and how you can get involved with it and find out more about her on the show notes. I'll also put Stacey's Twitter handle on there if you relate to anything that she talked about and would like to follow her on Twitter. The show notes for this episode are thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash healing. Okay, that's thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash healing healing do check out the show notes and uh i really hope that as always if this episode struck a chord with you brilliant do action some of the things that we've suggested and if you know of anybody that might benefit from this too go for it let them know as well before i go i want to tell you about something that i've just launched if you are a fan of this podcast and are up for showing your support 
what I'm trying to do is raise some money for the podcast because since I've launched it, um, I've been doing this out of my kind of passion for this subject matter and my desire to give it a voice for you to help you on your journey and there's this brilliant website called patreon.com where you can become a patron of my podcast now there's different amounts that you can click on to show your support so for example for two dollars a month you are just basically saying keep going now we like what you're doing now there's different amounts that you can pledge to show your support which are all detailed on the website if you're a business listening to this and you think that the podcast is a really good way to reach your audience then maybe you're interested in kind of supporting me a bit more it's a really weird thing this for me to ask of you I completely understand if it's not the kind of thing that you're into the podcast is going to continue don't worry about that but I just do this in my time and I would really like to see if I can kind of cover the cost of the podcast, how it's hosted, to make my website look even better, to get more happening for you, basically. So the website you need to have a look at is patreon.com forward slash the fertility podcast and it'll all be self-explanatory there. It'd be amazing, amazing if you are up for supporting me that way. I'm going to keep kind of reminding you of this in different podcast episodes, not to drive you insane, I really don't want to do that, but just to see if I can kind of drum up some support because that would make such a difference to me so there you are that's my little plug over slightly awkward but like they say if you don't ask you don't get so that's me asking that's it from me take care and until the next time